Welcome to NephHacks, high-yield nephrology at your fingertips. This is your host, Andrew Kowalski. I'm the founder of NephHacks, and I'm also a practicing nephrologist. Please visit us at www.nephhacks.com. That's N-E-P-H-H-A-C-K-S dot com. Also, join us on our Facebook group where I'll be posting updates on our podcast as well as general updates in the field of nephrology. Let's get ready to make nephrology fun again. Hi, and welcome to NephHacks, high-yield nephrology at your fingertips. This is Andrew Kowalski, founder of NephHacks, and I'll be your host for today's brief presentation. Please feel free to visit www.nephacks.com for more information and to get started on your nephrology journey. And also please visit our Facebook group at NephHacks. So we talked about tubules on our last discussion and we were talking about some of the pathologies that go along with the different tubules from the proximal, the loop of Henle, the distal and so forth. But we also talked about type two renal tubular acidosis because we mentioned Fanconi syndrome. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to just quickly go over type one and type two uh, renal tubular acidosis, um, maybe a little bit of type four, and we'll get into this again when we talk about acid base. So the type one and type two renal tubular acidoses are numbered in the way that they were discovered. So it's kind of hard to keep that in mind unless you're very familiar with it. So the new terminology is, is it distal or is it proximal? So let's talk about proximal tubular acidosis. Um, proximal tubular acidosis is an acidosis that occurs in the proximal tubule. So the key concept of it is that there's an inability to reabsorb bicarbonate. And this has to do with something either genetically wrong with the carbonic anhydrase, with some injury to the tubule itself, or with medications. So some of the key characteristics are a urine pH of less than 5.5. Now, initially, in, when tubular, uh, when proximal tubular acidosis occurs, you're going to have a alkaline urine. And quickly as the bicarb is filtered and is lost because it's not able to be reclaimed, you start seeing a acidosis. So we do see a urine pH of less than 5.5. Typically in an injury state, we do see a Fanconi type picture. So when the tubular is injured, we do see glucosuria, we see phosphaturia, we see uric aciduria, and we see amino aciduria. And in the serum, we'll see low serum phosphate, low urate, hypomagnesemia, and so forth. One of the key distinguishing factors between the two is that stone formation occurs in one of them, but not the other one. And in proximal tubular acidosis, there is no stones present. So that's key. So if you have a clinical picture or a question that deals with a renal tubular acidosis and there are no stones, it's type 2. Some other... Uh, Pathologies that are associated with proximal tubular acidosis is multiple myeloma, Wilson's disease, tenofovir, acetazolamide, gentamicin, and topiramate. With um, multiple myeloma, you can also extend that to any sort of plasma cell dyscrasia because you have a tremendous amount of 
uh, light chains and immunoglobulins that are trying to be filtered and they get clogged up in the proximal tubule causing dysfunction. Tenofovir and gentamicin cause direct injury to the proximal tubule. You also see that with uh, amphotericin on occasion and acetazolamide destroys the, or destroys, and acetazolamide is an inhibitor of carbonic anhydrase. So you can have genetic issues in a carbonic anhydrase or you can have medication influences. Topiramate does the same thing. Treatment for uh, proximal tubular acidosis is you need tremendous doses of alkali. Um, much bigger than in type 1. And what ends up happening is that the glomeruli loses bicarbonate and the tubules can't absorb it. So to keep up with the constant loss, you need large, large doses of um, bicitra or potassium citrate to hopefully keep up with the bicarb loss. So in distal uh, tubular acidosis, here we have the inability to secrete hydrogen. And proximal is the inability to reabsorb bicarbonate. So with the inability to secrete hydrogen, we typically see a urine pH of greater than 5.5. Uh, this is because we lose the ability to acidify the urine, which is what should be happening. So typically, this has nothing to do with the proximal tubule. And by definition, it has nothing to do with the proximal tubule. So we don't see any of the typical Fanconi type pictures. So we won't see the glucosuria, the uric acid urea, the uh, amino acid urea, the phosphateria, and so forth. But what we do see is we do see some systemic uh, pathologies that do affect the distal convoluted tubule. Sjogren's, lupus, primary biliary cirrhosis, and autoimmune hepatitis. So all of these have been associated with dysfunction in the distal convoluted tubule. Sjogren's probably being the most famous one, mostly because of crowding or external compression because of all the granulomas. In this condition, we typically see stones. So the proximal tubules absorb alkali, right, including citrate, which normally keeps calcium in the urine soluble, leading to increased predisp uh, predisposition to nephrolithiasis and nephrocalcinosis. So what ends up happening typically, if you look at all the stones that are typically formed, one stone is notoriously formed in an alkali urine, and this is uh, potassium phosphate, and you can also have calcium citrate stones as well. So these are the stones that we typically see in a type 1 or a distal tubular acidosis. Treatment for this is you treat with potassium repletion and with alkali. So typically, potassium citrate works. Hypokalemia is present in both of these. So potassium citrate is pretty much two birds with one stone, and you're able to handle it relatively well. Type 4 RTA is a little bit different. Uh, type 4 RTA is related to a hyporenin-hypoaldo picture. So typically, this is seen in diabetics. And the issue with this is that instead of having hypokalemia, you end up having hyperkalemia because of hyporenin-hypoaldo. So with a decrease in renin secretion and therefore a decrease in aldosterone production, reabsorption of sodium at the ENAC channels and therefore a loss of potassium and therefore an exchange with hydrogen and a loss of hydrogen. So you end up retaining the hydrogen and the 
collecting duct, and you end up retaining potassium. So hyperkalemia and metabolic acidosis is what's present in a type 4 RTA because of hyporenin hypoaldo. So we're going to touch on this a little bit more when we get to the acid-base section of the podcast, but just wanted to touch on this really quick just because we were talking about it with Fanconi syndrome and proximal tubular dysfunction. So please feel free to join our Facebook group uh, if you search for NEFHAX, and please log into www.nefhax.com and sign up for some of the modules that are present where we go into more details. We have PowerPoint presentations and so forth.